you, Alan? Your father murdered you and he chopped you up in little pieces of Sarah, come on. My dad did that. My father could barely hug me, let alone cut me into little pieces. 26 years ago, we started playing a little game. And now, we're all gonna sit down and we're gonna finish it. And guess what? Your turn. Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something we feel nostalgic for, we then revisit and review it to find out whether or not our hindsight truly is 2020, or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses. I'm your host, Connor O'Keen, and I'm joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Michael Jobaz. Michael, how are you doing? I'm sorry, Connor. In the podcast, you must wait until the dice read five or eight. <laughs> oh, God, no. We've we'll been running around this house in 26 years. <laughs> Mom, Dad, I'm back. Where's, where's dinner? <laughs> oh, dear. We can't leave this podcast until we finish it. <laughs> it's going to be fucking like things smashing through the windows and stuff. Oh, damn it. That's my thing. I like leaving podcasts mid, uh, mid-recording session, leaving you to fucking <laughs> fumble. It was all fixed in um, post. It happens every episode. <laughs> yep. This week's film uh, is, of course, Jumanji, the 1995 American fantasy family adventure film directed by Joe Johnston from a screenplay by Jonathan Hensley, Greg Taylor and Jim Strain. The film also has story credits from Chris Van Alsberg, who wrote the picture book of the same name, which inspired the film. The story centers on a supernatural board game that releases jungle-based hazards upon its players with every turn that they take. It stars Robin Williams, Bonnie Hunt, Kirsten Dunst, Jonathan Hyde and David Alan Greer. Mm, um, our second Robin Williams in our two second weeks. Robin, yeah, we've gone from like no Robin Williams for over 100 episodes to <laughs> now it's an exclusively Robin Williams based and, podcast. And our second Kirsten Dunst film and it's been 100 episodes since we did Small Soldiers. I, I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, Small Soldiers. Wait, it's literally been 100 episodes since we did Small Soldiers. <laughs> Oh, my God. Sorry, well, Kirsten. Hey, Kirsten, we'll see you in another 100 episodes. Hey? <laughs> um, it's funny. She plays almost a, a kind of similar role in, in this. Yeah, um, yeah. In a similar kind of movie, like family action adventure thing, slight horror elements. Although in, in Small Soldiers, she's kind of the, the crush character here. She's She's one of the... Uh, siblings and stuff. Thank God, but, we don't um, want the sister to be the crush character. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's too weird. That's too weird a film. And this this film is uh, is, is weird enough. Oh, it's absolutely. Monkeys and and Poor. and uh, prosthetic makeup and hunters played by the character's dad. dad. Yep, it's 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 weird. So this is a film. I this is kind of similar to Flubber for me in that with that film. It was one I'd watched maybe once all the way through, I can't remember, and then just seen it on TV a bunch of times. Um, would always catch glimpses of it, but never went out of my way to watch Flubber on TV. Jumanji was one that I think I watched maybe once or twice all the way through on VHS, really fucking liked it, and whenever I saw it on TV, I would endeavour to try and catch as much of it as possible. Um, even if I just caught you know, 15 minutes on the, on the you know, e- either end or in the middle Wherever I could get a glimpse of Jumanji, I was there for it. I really fucking liked this movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it had a little bit of. Uh, I think it kind of sat between, um, at least my in my in my viewing experience. I'd seen Jurassic Park. I loved Jurassic Park, and it had a little bit of that. But it also had a little bit of uh, the kind of Gremlins uh, quality of it, like it sure does, yeah. You know, horror that that can be or horror loosely defined horror that can be enjoyed by kids. Uh, little critters going wild and stuff, but I hadn't seen Gremlins up to that point. So I think this served as like a stopgap between Jurassic yeah, Park right. and Gremlins for me. Nice. And uh, yeah, coming back to it was was a lot of fun. I think it's a far better film than Flubber. Let's get that out sure, of the way. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into the reasons why. But I'm curious to hear your experience of this movie and, and where you're coming to this from. I'm coming to this movie in a weird place. I... I think I got given this VHS as a birthday gift forever ago. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe 96, 97, who knows? It took it seemed to take forever for movies to come out on on VHS back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so I've watched it dozens of times because like it was a videotape we owned, but rewatching it I'm I'm thinking like there is so much of this movie that I find really like unsettling and uncomfortable. I don't know why I watched it as much as I did as a kid. 
Yeah, yeah, I feel the same I, way. I, there was... I don't think the horror thing that you were saying is 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 incorrect. I would I would double down on that and say like this isn't a family film. This is a child's horror film. It is yeah. fucking scary and uncomfortable and yeah, yeah, and on there's multiple a lot of, levels. There's like a yeah, lot there's of there's a lot of um, there's like a lot of just visual kind of scary things of like oh no, big spiders, ah, oh, scary. Yeah. Oh, the monkey threw a knife at me and I had to dodge it. But then there's like, hey, what if you got fucking sucked into a board game for 26 years? Yeah. And you're like, everyone you know and loved is dead. Your town's gone to shit. It's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. body horror shit. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's totally. This cursed Lovecraftian evil dead board game yeah. for children. Yeah, it's, it's really fucking warped. I do remember it really frightening me as a, as a kid, especially the... Um, the kid turning into a monkey made me really uncomfortable. Mm. I, I had a similar thing. There was a um, there were like goosebumps stories uh, about that like, that kind of yeah, body yeah, horror transformation sure. stuff, and it always had the same effect. It was like Ugh, you know the idea of just you. I mean, it's it's what makes body horror so scary is that yeah. You, or the, I remember there your was body a, just turning it on, on you. Yeah. Or similarly, there was a goosebumps story where like a child got like sent back to like medieval Europe, but it was like a, mm. a scary medieval Europe and there was like fucking yeah, monsters yeah. and shit. Was like, that like the, the Tower of Terror yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, like fucking like Resident Evil 5 executioner vibes of like dudes with axes <laughs> yes. and stuff trying yes, to kill you. Yeah. And it's like, that's fucking creepy. And that's the same thing of this like really creepy African ju- supernatural jungle that he's getting mm. like teleported into and having to like live there for you know, his entire, like, uh, childhood is is horrifying. So I don't mm. know why I kept, like, I watched it so many times as I did. Like, I think there's definitely, there's a lot of charm to the film. There's, um, it's, it's you know, classically nicely paced and made and there's, like, a good setup and, like, everyone's developed well and there's some, like, solid good ideas in the script. Mm-hmm. But then there's so much just unsettling stuff, like, pe- bit after bit after bit. That you're like, mm. oh, I didn't like that bit. Oh, yeah, I don't like that either. Like, even <laughs> even for, like, my love of puppets, so many of them are so gross and unsettling. And, you know, like, they've got, like, goop, like, coming yeah. out of them and juices and the yeah, weird for sounds a- and stuff of the squelchiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a family film or a film that's intended or you know, advertised in a way that is to be appealing to a family audience, it, it, it doesn't try to, I, I, I don't know, Put the um, it doesn't really try to like defang its own horror or you know put the kitty gloves on for, <laughs> for that stuff like the plants and stuff that 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 yellow one that that's you know sprouts open yeah genuinely fucking horrifying yeah really really gross really uh, grotesque I think uh it's one of those things you say like I don't know why I kept going back to it uh the VHS tape like the copy the cover the the poster art for Jumanji. It, it looks more—I uh, don't know—like overtly like comical, and yeah, more of a romp than it is. It, it's um, it's not exactly indicative of how unsettling this movie is. It's got—I uh, mean, both versions have like Robin Williams perched on the, you know, the logo. The logo yeah. Um, one he's like, you know, kind of screaming, but he looks like fucking Malcolm in the Middle's dad. Like, yeah, it looks yeah. Like <laughs> wacky, like, oh, how, how did I get in this situation? Or not, it looks like an adult. I've been trapped in a board alone, game for 26 like, years. Screaming kind yeah, of face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or the other one is him on top just kind of smiling like, oh, yeah. I'm Robin Williams <laughs> and I'm in this family film, you know, because that's what I do. Yeah, I think a big factor of that is Robin Williams, the fact that he's in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, growing up watching, it's funny that his stand-up comedy is so like dirty humor, but mm. then he he like shifted to being in so many like family films mm. from like the genie. I think was like the is that the first one? Pretty much. Uh, I think um the what's that one where he plays the bat and he does the bat rap or whatever. Oh like yes, Fern, Fern, Gully, Fern Gully. Yeah, Fern, Fern Gully. Gully was like yeah similar time. Yeah, that well, that came out before Aladdin. I'm pretty sure it was like during because there's this weird story. That's right. Yeah, it's about that weird Disney um, basically trying to sabotage the movie. That's right. Because yep, they wanted yep. him for um, the genie, and they didn't want you know competition. So yeah, those yeah. two movies came out like you know within a, the year of each other, and then you've got things like Hook and Flubber, mm. Jumanji, um, Jack. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, oh, what's that one again? It's like where he's a child, but he grows. He's got a, like a, 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 a dis, uh, not disfigurement, a um, like a condition that makes him age, his body age too quick. Gotcha, so he's like a 10-year-old yeah. kid, but he's played by Robin Williams. 
and yeah, that movie. Oof. Um, mm. So yeah, I think like uh, he. Yeah, I mean, this is on the back of, these of Hook, live Aladdin, action, and Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, yeah, yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire this is, is a good kind one. of. This is like peak, like Flubber was, uh, what, 98, did we say? 97. 97, so a couple of years after this. Yeah, and and I think we were saying in Flubber he looks fucking exhausted, like he looks tired and he's not (laughs) given much to do. Here he's given like a kind of a role to sink his teeth into. He's not, um, I mean, even though a condition of getting this film financed was uh, TriStar Pictures wanted Robin Williams to play the starring role. Mm. And initially he turned down the role based on the script that he was given, but uh, uh, after some rewrites he accepted the role. I think it's a a funny track record with his live action appearances that they're all, most of them are kind of hit and miss or they're not particularly, like he does do a good job and he is charismatic and I did like him as a kid for him being in them. But when you think about the stuff that he is known for or that he's a comedic role, give it, giving him this kind of role, there's not a lot of humor to it. There's a lot of like, I'm a fucking tortured PTSD child. Mm, yeah. It's yeah. not really like casting him to his strengths as so Well, that's so the thing. That's, that's where, um, where Flubber feels really like he's tired and he's not given much to work with because they didn't want to give him much to work with. They were just like, be in this movie. Here's Disney money. Yeah. You know, you're Robin Williams. You you will sell this movie based on, like, just do the Robin Williams shtick. Just do Robin Williams in a kid's movie shtick. Yeah. That's all we want from you. Here he's given a, a role with, like, depth and complications, you know. He's conflicted and, like, working out some shit. Mm. And so is everyone in this movie. Like, everyone's kind of given some cool stuff to to work with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the 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 poster having him on there doing the the Robin Williams smile, I don't know. It's uh, a little a little misleading of just what he does with this role. Yeah, no, certainly it's it's not a bad performance, but it isn't particularly no, 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 no. humorous. It's not humorous in the way that you expect from uh, this kind of movie. Yeah, where I think that this is more tapping into the good performances that you see him do in. A more serious role, like a Goodwill yeah. Hunting or you know Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets yeah. Society, yeah, those those excellent excellent movies. It's cool seeing him bring that kind of like those kind of chops into this kind of movie, showing that he can kind of play both, you know, at the same time almost. Mm. And it's still like humorous, but it's darkly humorous. Like I remember yeah. watching this with my dad and him laughing quite a lot, and not kind of understanding why he was laughing at the time, but being thrilled that I was watching a movie that made me and my dad you know, laugh or, or uh, you know, excited us both on some level throughout. Mm. And then watching it this time, I was, like, remembering, thinking, I think my dad laughed at this bit. And then the the moment occurring and going, oh, I get it, and, like, laughing as well. There was definitely some stuff that I didn't pick up as for, with a kid where... Peter, take this suitcase up to the attic. Then we can all have ice cream. And bourbon. bourbon. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a bit of a mixed bag for me. I think as a kid watching it, there was stuff that I liked and didn't like about it. I think coming back to it, there's stuff that works and doesn't work. I think there's the visual effects that work and then there's some stuff that doesn't age as well as some yeah, of the other definitely. stuff. Um, mm. So it's a mix of like some really excellent visual effects and then some some stuff that's dated. And I think mm. it's a mixed bag of uh, as, it, as it progresses, there's a little, some of it feels a little bit more haphazard and- some of the jokes feel kind of misplaced or kind of just thrown in there because they're like, oh, we need to try and balance it back out from the scary and yeah. excitement. Yeah, we need yeah, to put yeah. a really silly, silly joke in there. So then it becomes yeah. some of that stuff becomes a little bit just kind of silly or ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and yeah. not in a way that like kind of meshes well or if it doesn't, no, it doesn't mesh well, it doesn't give you there's not like an intended effect on that whiplash of like, oh, it's scary. It's funny. It's scary. It's funny. Kind of like in the, the we just talked in the blind spot about uh, Jojo Rabbit is a little similar thing where it has like it has lots of humor and has a lot of serious stuff, but mm. the way that those two things juxtapose each other strengthens the overall like feel to that movie and it gives it this like yeah. unique feel of like oh this is something really special that mm, he's like yeah. walking a fine line with this this doesn't feel like it's walking a fine line it feels just like a little bit sloppy in parts it, it feels like it's um, making. Uh, concessions to its PG rating and its, you know, family-focused marketing, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Roger Ebert gave this movie one and a half stars, saying Ooh. that it should have been PG thirteen. Yeah, like that. That it's too. It's too scary. Like the the way it is is too scary for 
kids to, uh, and this is this is his thinking. I I kind of I agree to some extent. He his thinking was that it was too scary for kids to enjoy generally. I mean, me and my friends watched this as kids and really enjoyed it. Um, but I think I, I agree that perhaps it could have gone a little further, like stripped back a little of the like slapstick kind of kiddie comedy stuff yeah. that's in there. Um, that doesn't get to like flubber levels of, of no, ludicrousness. No, not at all. Um, but it's definitely, it feels like it's in there, like you say, to kind of go, all right, all right, let's reel it back a little bit. All right, we're back to the scary stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I think if they'd gone PG-13, potentially would have been harder to market, but probably would have been a better film. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, I feel kind of the same way. I think that the as a as a core idea for the script the premise is really wonderful and creative mm. um that idea of this board game that's cursed and it's giving you every roll of the dice you're getting these different like really like i love the little riddles um in the the little glass piece in the center that's really neat a tiny bite can make you itch make you sneeze make you twitch yeah it's really yeah, it's nifty. fun you get to kind of like try and guess what's coming mm. uh you know each time there is like a, a nice sense of anticipation and tension and things like that that gets built up through some mm. of the moments that they fail. They fairly do a good job of like you know bringing to a climax by the end and like you know one upping things as they go. And mm. but I, I yeah I don't know. There's just something about the some of the visual effects and some of the situations. Maybe it is like the mix of slapstick stuff with the seriousness that. I think like, okay, I love this movie as the core idea. Roll dice roll to dice roll. Uh some of the set pieces and stuff, like I don't I don't love them or you know, so, they're giving me that weird uncomfortable feeling where I'm like, I, I think I prefer the moments of Yeah, like, well the let's like break stuff. it down. What's the yeah. what's what's the stuff that works for you and what's the stuff that doesn't in terms of the set pieces or like the the dice rolls and stuff. Because the stuff that doesn't work for me is the uh the goofy stuff with the aunt coming back home. Yeah, sure, Just sure. Just, like, her her one thing to do in this movie is screaming. Yeah. And going, oh, 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 yeah. that fucking sound. I could do without that. Oh, man, speaking of sounds, like, so many of these sounds are, like, burnt into my memory. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how visuals as well, but it's weird that, like, I can, like, close my eyes and be like, yep, I can, like, picture all of these moments that some of that yeah. sound design is so, like, visceral and sensory. Um, similar to Flubber, like I think it's that uh, like the sound plays such a a strong role in the memory when you're like really mm. little watching uh, that as a, as a kid. Totally. I mean, even the the board game's drum sound effect is yeah. still like really uh, distinct, and and you go, "That's Jumanji." As soon as yeah. you hear it, you're like, "Who?" You know. And I think it's cool because it 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 kind of helps establish that children's horror tone. It has a similar quality to like the Jason Voorhees. You know, <laughs> That thing. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's neat. Definitely. I like the opening of the movie. I like 1969. Uh, I'd totally forgotten the, the like the um the the like I guess prologue. Yeah. Um right. in the eighteen hundreds or whatever. Like oh, I yes, completely yes, forgot the very beginning. That yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wonderful as well. It's a little bit goofy. It's a little evil dead, like almost, with the lightning and the yeah. rain and May God have mercy on their souls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like <laughs> The line's a little forced, but it's cool. Yeah, nah, the the, li- the lightning and stuff and mm. then that lightning like showing the little fucking uh, whatever it is. It's not a tombstone, but it's like that little stone thing that, you know, says the name of the yeah. town or whatever. Yeah, so then, yeah. then when we see 1969, we go, okay, cool. Here's this. Um, We're in that same location. I, mm. I do like that idea that d- do a prequel. I would like to see like a period piece Jumanji film <laughs> set like back then. There's sort of- um. There's, uh, there's like hints to a lot of stuff where, you know, obviously the parishes, they're like super rich, well-to-do. They've been around for a while, um, you know, because they're talking about these grandfathers and this and that. And, you know, fucking mm. they named the wing of a fucking boys school after one of the yeah, dormitory. Yeah. Yeah. My cynical mind as he's like, you know, biking through this, like this small quaint town and everyone's going, Ideally, hey, Alan. Hey, yeah. Alan. Hey, thanks. And the police cop doing the traffic is like, no, fucking traffic stop, even though the- the pedestrian light hadn't turned on. He's like, "It's all yours, Alan. You can cross the road." Um, <laughs> there's like the 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 like the statue monument in the town square, and my cynical mind was like, "Oh, I bet that's some fucking Confederate statue." <laughs> but then when you look at the plaque, it says that it's um a grand. So like that's like an ancestor of his. So yeah. like they are like there is this history there in the town that they are this like big part of that you know 
maybe his ancestors in the past had um something like they were around back then in the 1800s in that prologue. Yeah, Um, yeah, sure. But you know that that's a cool atmospheric setup, and then all the stuff in the 1969 I like. It's a little bit funny where he's like, "Hey, I invented the sneaker." everyone's yeah, yeah. gonna want this and it's just like a modern sneaker from the 90s <laughs> you're like yeah. oh that's how that one that that's how that happened there wasn't like slight iterations on things <laughs> <laughs> no someone just came out with air jordan and was like whoa <laughs> these are cool but yeah all of that stuff with the dad and everything and him as a kid and him being like oh we've got to face him like a man and then it's like there's fucking six of them and they kick the shit out of him yeah him hearing the drums and finding in the construction site, like they've dug down and so the the chest that has been buried is in the wall. The mm. sound of him like peeling the like the mud off yeah, and yeah. stuff and like pulling the chest out is like, yeah, so, so ingrained in my memory. Yeah. And then you get that, that wonderful, wonderful shot of him like pulling it out of the sand and like all the sand running down and revealing mm. the board game is like yeah that's incredible the design of the board game is really oh, really yeah, appealing yeah that prop is fucking awesome it's weird as much as there's stuff that's very like unsettling and unappealing that prop and the wood and everything and the way that it like swings open and there's little mm. compartments for everything that yeah. is just like yeah gorgeous piece of design and it's so aesthetically pleasing <laughs> yeah totally and then him getting sucked into the board game is a really really like good effect that looks really really terrifying and, and weird yeah, and bizarre. scared me as a kid, still unsettles me today. So I like all of that stuff. And then I also like, I think, all of that character stuff. So like the 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 prologue for Alan as a child, kind of understanding, you know, like the main, whatever themes there are of like loosely the themes of that kind of, you know, father-son dynamic stuff. And and then the, the other kids, them discovering the board game as well is really fun. Like I like that stuff of them... Uh, like step by step having to go, okay, oh, there's like magnets or something or microchips or mm. something. And then there being this little like portal that has the the riddles in it. And then when they get to like he he rolls a, a double straight away. So he gets two turns in a row conveniently. Mm. But then then it's like, oh, now uh, we can't roll. It's not working. Oh, why isn't it working? And you go, oh, the yeah, other pieces yeah. on the border. It's still the same game technically. Okay, yeah. and so all of that stuff's really cool. I like. I think the monkeys in the kitchen stuff. Uh, they're like they're kind of funny, but they're kind of unsettling in their like weird CG faces. I think it's the CG faces that are unsettling. But like, I think there's yeah. also just something unsettling about like the mess and the destruction of those things that kind of gives me a little like mild anxiousness about yeah, the whole situation. Sure. Like sure. the more fucked up the cop car gets. And then, like, when you're in the, the like, the discount store, the Sir Save-A-Lot or whatever it is, and everything's yeah. getting really fucked up, then I'm like, oh, I really don't like this. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, something that, like, uh, like, yeah, gets under my skin a little bit. Right, okay. Compared to the, like, the beautiful, antique, clean board game of Jumanji of that design of being like, ooh, okay, look at so, that. So is it, is it less, like... Um, I don't know, stuff that is a uh, floor of the film and more just stuff that you find for for some reason like unsettling? No, I think it's I think it's definitely a mix of that. Heavily, heavily right. me personally find a lot of that stuff unsettling and it's not right, kind of okay. not the kind of movie that like, yeah, that I'd like to watch. Although like you make a good point with Gremlins where that's got a very similar like, you know, uh, town getting destroyed, hectic yeah, feel to yeah. it. But there's something a little bit more like appealing or charming about those puppets than the puppets in this that I can't get behind as a kid. It didn't it yeah, didn't like sure. excite me like Muppets or Storyteller or Labyrinth did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I I don't know what that is either, but I I think you're right. It doesn't carry that same I don't know, I, I don't watch that destruction the destruction in Jumanji with the little monkeys with the same glee that I watch the destruction with the gremlins in in Gremlins. Mm. I think maybe it's because the the like if they were monkey puppets, like I think I'd find them more. Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd get more of a kick out of it. Yeah, like I think but the puppet the, of the, the CG lions faces they they look so mean, you know. Yeah, very and mean. not in a fun way. Like the gremlins are like mean in a in a goofy cartoony way. These are just like mean little monkeys. Yeah, really mean. So, yeah, it's like we're getting sort of interrupted with the set pieces of the animals, crazy things happening. 
And I think those are the parts that I like the least. And then I like going back to like the dialogue with the characters and the dynamic of the yeah. four people and having to go to yeah. Sarah's house and, and find out what happened to her after this 26 years. And I'm like, oh, she's she's dealing with all this PTSD and stuff. And yeah, she's yeah. got a psychic business and all this sort of stuff. Like even as a kid, probably not like fully understanding all of that stuff. It's it's more engaging. I think that's the more stuff that's engaging to me. Yeah, I agree. The The stuff between Sarah and uh, Alan is really good when they're, like talking about the 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 that twenty six year span mm. being like you know uh, that that bit where he's like he well, what's he say he's like you know in the uh, jungle you shall wait until the dice read five or eight or whatever it is and um he's kind of like smiling like you fucking left me there and she's yeah. like I was a kid I was fucking scared I got chased out of your house by bats and no one believed me like again it's that unsettling stuff it's a it's a kind of really grim idea if you think about it like everyone thought that his dad murdered him yeah i love how dark the um like the setup for that is that they find one of the bats which i guess they're jumanji bats so they could like survive for like 30 years who knows Mm. i wouldn't want to live in a house where someone was murdered murder yep little alan Parrish. i say his father did it there's a thousand and one places he could have hid the body in this house Especially if he chopped it up first. Yeah. You're like, whoa, old man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's fucking, yeah, they're kids. <laughs> but yeah, I think Sarah's character is a much more well-written character in terms of who an adult should be. She is a flawed, she has a lot of problems and issues adult, but it's not like the adults that are written in, written in Flubber that are like written with weird child logic that don't make any sense. Like, yeah, why yeah, does this yeah, woman totally. keep letting him leave her at the altar, but she's going to marry him for a third time. This is like, she doesn't want to play the game because she's fucking traumatized. And you're like, yeah, exactly. That makes yeah. sense. Oh, I love that bit where she's like, uh, like thousands of hours of therapy trying <laughs> to convince myself that this didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think Robin Williams is a good, he's, his character is a good mix of, he's still a child in some ways because he hasn't had a proper life to grow into an adult. But at the mm. same time, there is also the harsh reality of survival that he's had to learn while being mm. in the jungle. So he's competent. He's capable of things. Like, Oh, he's got some survival yeah. Uh, instincts. Yeah. So he can kind of like, you know, save the kids from the lion or try and reassure them from the, the, the mosquitoes. But even though mm. he can't drive a car and he's, you know, he's not good with kids of actually like making them feel secure. <laughs> yeah. He's put in a position that kind of makes him kind of... Uh, I guess empathize with his dad or understand like like that that line that great line where he's like shit twenty six years in you know, in the deepest darkest jungle and I still turned into my father yeah. like kind of uh, yeah understand like I don't know gaining some appreciation for his dad's position mm, I think so uh, and then although- going back to the past with with that. Yeah, in mind I like that stuff and that is a really good line. I don't like that. It feels kind of thrown in there that the conflict between Alan and Peter suddenly comes out of nowhere where suddenly Alan's like, Why didn't you grab the game, Peter? Just ignore him, honey. He's a Libra. And suddenly he's just really harsh on him and then he needs to make good on it and, you know, give him a nice heartwarming cheer up speech. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, it it is supposed to be that idea of, like when he's put in a position of having to be an adult, he defaults to what he has seen the adults in his life do, or you know mm, how which they I behave underst- to him. I like it's, it's totally, totally understandable, and especially because if he's been in the jungle for twenty six years, that's the only human contact he's had yeah. for that time. So that's the only thing he can draw off. He doesn't have yeah, other people. Yeah, yeah. You go out into the world normally and become an adult, and if your parent was a fucking idiot, you can kind of learn that from being around other people and being like, oh, other people aren't like this. Oh, shit. And you get, like, a different perspective for stuff. He's been alone in the jungle that whole time. That's all he Mm. has that whole time. So that makes sense. I don't know if they could just maybe, whether it needed to, uh, like, get established a little bit earlier or, like, there's some. it feels like there's, like, a a switch flipped and then suddenly. Well, yeah, when when Pete does or when um, the bird steals the board game, he's like, why didn't you grab the game, Peter? Like, it does kind of, like, just click on. And yeah. you don't even get a sense that Peter dropped the ball there. Yeah. So I think that's it. Like, Yeah, yeah, I get that. And then that, that moment, like, because that is a really good line and it's kind of sweet. And then it's like, 
oh, now let's throw a slapstick joke in that he's not crying because he was angry. Oh, and he's crying because right. the tail is sti- bursting out of his pants and he's hurt. And you're like, he bottom, he bottom hurt. <laughs> bottom hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's the kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, you could leave that out of it. I, I prefer to just have like the heartfelt, sentimental stuff yeah. Yeah, than sure. having to be like, oh, some of the kid's not picking up on it. Oh, here's a slapstick gag. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. It's like, I mean, it's another one that you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score and it's like 55. And I think that makes sense because it's not a it's not a, a bad movie, but it's not an exceptional movie. Mm. You know, it does. I think it does just about everything uh, like competently, if not like right. Yeah. Yeah. For I the agree. most part. It doesn't feel soulless. It it feels like, you know. The people that are making it are like actually have a vision in mind and they're going for something mm. and they have passion about it because there's like a lot of effort put into a lot of the shit. Yeah, yeah, and it's a unique premise. I mean, it's still even before the uh, the sequels came out, it was still like referenced in in things or certainly in my you know social groups and the online spaces I frequent. Like you know, Jumanji is a go to you know reference to to any kind of anything you get like a board game or you die in the game you die in real life that sort of thing it's you associate yeah. it with that movie mm. yeah so i guess as the movie goes on uh like i guess the the obstacles can feel a bit frustrating at times when it's like oh the board game got stolen by the pelican or something yeah and yeah. then also yeah, the hunter wants it the hunter and the like the the cop putting alan in the car and being like i'm taking you downtown it just mm. feels like another obstacle that's really frustrating because it's like, no, we need to finish the game. Yeah. So I think that yeah. gets on my nerves um, where I think like the the stampede, the build up to the stampede is is cool. Like they're arguing and they're not listening to the kids and the kids are like, let's mm. just roll. And mm. then there's like the shaking of the the books and stuff. Yeah. The build up is cool. And the, the reveal of them smashing through the giant bookcase is cool. But mm. then kind of the like, let's run all over the house. And there's like huge CGI moments. It, like mm. I, I guess I'm disengaging like a little bit straight away from that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. I think the the movie is far more is like at its most engaging and most interesting when they're playing the game. Yeah, like anytime something gets in the way of them playing the game, you kind of go, ah, okay. But it makes sense. It, it makes sense that 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 is kind of the case, given that every time they play a game, it makes for another spectacle. You yeah, know, it's another yeah, it's exactly. another set that's, piece. It's a they weird have to kind of find ways to pace those out. It's somewhat. Yeah, it's a hard task that it's like those set pieces have to come with the board game, otherwise the board game wouldn't be interesting and and dangerous and threatening. Mm. But then, yeah, you're taking me away from the board game. But I think like as the the second half of the film, uh, that like that slows down. There's less of the character stuff, less of the board game stuff, more of the the wacky action. Mm. We're running around the supermarket. We're driving around in the cop car, but he's locked him to the door so that they're you know stuck in this awkward position. Yeah, where like yeah, the build up of like learning the rules about the world and the game and everything gave us more of those moments. Mm. But then like once they get back to the house, I think the the, the the like the overgrown house of vines is is cool. Like that doesn't gross me mm. out as much. I find that really like charming and appealing. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, that that reveal where he opens the door after they come back and it's it's got like the kind of mist. And, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, it's it's oh, it's awesome. Even just the um the earlier part where they the vines start like you know breaking through the the skirting boards and mm. and the 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 powerpoints and stuff. My auntie had a holiday house in Inverloch down at the beach that we used to go to all the time, and it was like a really old house, and there was a vine that like grew through one of the walls and we had this little vine like in the living room that was coming through mm. and all me and my brothers were all like it's Jumanji let's <laughs> go cool. um, that, that 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 beach house had like a kind of like a creepy foresty vibe to it there was like a there was the main house and there was like a granny flat in the backyard but it was like a dilapidated granny flat that was like really ah, creepy like it didn't have cool. doors and it was just like falling apart like all yeah. of the like the the elements had gotten to it and the backyard had like a lot of vines like overhead like mm. kind of set up so it was like this weird like it really did I like uh, associated like that like scary Jumanji jungle with this like this backyard <laughs> of this <laughs> of this house and stuff that's cool so, yeah, I had, like, a lot of Jumanji things, even though it wasn't something that, like, I was like, man, I love Jumanji. Like, I got given the videotape, and then I also mm. got given the board game. Ah, Did yeah, you cool. ever play that? It was. I remember a kid brought that to brought the board game to school one day, and we played it in the, in the yard during, like, recess or something. It was, like, a little bit disappointing. It kind of had some cool things, but the 
Like, it just looks like a regular fucking shitty board well, game from the, the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Like, if they're going to produce, mass produce merch for this movie, they can't all be these <laughs> lovely handcrafted wooden But boards. it had the little portal in the centre. With well, microchips. The- yes, microchips and magnets. <laughs> there was one neat thing about that thing in the centre, the little portal. It was a- you would get cards each turn when you rolled and you would put mm. the card under that little portal. I would like- and you'd be able it. to read the text that, like, it what it was like invisible ink or something, ah. where it was like, I'm pretty sure, yeah, if if my memory serves, it was like you couldn't see it on the card, and then you put it through the portal, and it was like, oh, I can read it now. <laughs> but there wasn't much. Like, it's a board game where it's like, well, nothing supernatural can happen, so it's a lot of just like, oh no, you fell on this space, like move the rhino, the rhino's blocking your path, so you can't get any further. Yeah. Oh, right, you went right, backwards, right. you went forward, you lost a turn, you skipped yeah. a turn. Like, yeah, there wasn't much to like- it. Oh, I'm not in danger. This is no fun. <laughs> yeah, strangely enough, I didn't like the the creepy mean monkeys, but it 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 lost all you know excitement when playing the board game without the weird, <laughs> weird mean monkeys. That's fair. There's there is now though in recent mm. years there is a like expensive collector's edition premium version of that board game that like is a replica. To the film prop, ah, and it cool. looks wonderful. Very cool. So, but again, it's it's something that I like. Look at it. I'm like, oh, I kind of want that. And it's like, do I love Jumanji that much that I want like a two hundred dollar yeah. replica prop of that well, thing? Let's, let's try and convince <laughs> you of the film's merits on a technical level, and maybe maybe by the end of this podcast, you'll go, you know what, that movie is worth. <laughs> shut up and take my much. money. Yeah, shut up and take my money. Because um, I think, like, in terms of how it's shot and how it's cut. And the the script writing, it's really it's fucking airtight. It's yeah, really good for sure. Yeah. Um, especially like all of the stuff with like the kids' backstory of them having lost their parents and stuff. They managed to communicate a lot of uh, like exposition really uh, succinctly and in a way that that doesn't pull you out of out of the scene or anything. It never feels like these kids are talking in a way that that kids would never talk or <laughs> or she kind of does. Like who, she's, who says this? Kirsten Dunst is um. Kirsten Dunst is a bit of a compulsive liar. Like she keeps making up different stories about how oh, her I parents died. Yeah, but it's yeah, a funny. Yeah. Ga- it's a little bit like what fucking child says this. But it's like also who knows what fucking child says that after their parents have died. You know yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean more. It's it's less. It's less. The dialogue doesn't feel um, stilted. I don't think. Even if if it no, feels no. heightened, like you know, of course, a kid saying that they're they're. We barely even knew our parents. They were always away, skiing in San Moritz. Gambling in Monte Carlo, safariing in darkest Africa. We didn't even know if they loved us. But when the Sheik's yacht went down, well, they managed to write us a really beautiful goodbye note that was found floating in a champagne bottle amongst the debris. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, maybe that's a bit heightened. It's kind of comic, but it's not um, so stilted. Like when they're in, when they they go to bed, and she's like. Uh, she's like, you know, they're gonna put you in, the, you know, put you, send you to a shrink if you don't start talking, yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. Like that, that interaction is is really nice. I really like that, and it's very and funny it when she's saying that to the realtor, and then the auntie comes in and goes like, "They were very devoted parents." It was a car crash in Canada. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Not this wacky story that this child keeps making up. Yeah, yeah, and that you go, oh, okay, so they did have a good relationship with the parents and that's probably where this kid got her sense of humour and stuff and yeah. she's keeping that alive through, you know, being um, sardonic and <laughs> lying about her parents' death. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it, it treats the the kids as people and not as, I don't know, uh, not like husks for no. to, to just move around in this movie and have like child protagonists so that the kids have someone to to go like that's a kid I'm a kid I'm gonna watch this movie that could be you me know? that could be <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah no you're right and I like um as well them having the wacky things happen when they first roll the dice but not scary enough that they saw someone get sucked into a board game to run away screaming which is understandable mm. for that child these children come back to the board game and they go oh shit there's more rules and then they understand mm. oh everything will go away if we finish the board game so that yeah. like they have a like a drive and a purpose and they go like, fuck, this is, this is fucked and everything's crazy and there's all yeah. this crazy stuff going on, but we've got to just keep, if we just keep rolling, like, like she says, mm. there's no skill involved. It's a board game, guys. Sorry to break this to you, board game players. <laughs> there's no skill involved. <laughs> Sorry, board game couples. <laughs> 
Yeah, totally. And and in terms of how all of this stuff is shot, it's it's really nice. There's some really nice framing. There's some um, there's some compositions that will that, that communicate a, a sense or a feeling, uh, you know, appropriately. Like a, you know, some kind of sense of isolation or, or whatever. I don't know there's some some really nice stuff. I really like some of the transitions that they use. Like there's some nice match cuts. The 26 year skip on the door. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's really fucking great. And just this really aged up, like, yellowing paint instead of it being white now and stuff is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And there's a sense of humour too, I think, in how it's shot and cut um, that reminds me again of, of uh, Gremlins. Like when the kid's up in the in the attic and you see the bat unfurl its wings and then the uh, it cuts to hard cuts to um, that paint, this, this kind of old Baroque, painting being revealed of like some curmudgeonly old woman you yeah. know, posing for a photo and then you hear the kids scream alongside that like yeah. kind of it does does what a good movie should do in terms of like understanding that an audience has a level of film literacy and that you can play with that mm. i like the hunter for the most part like i think that is the like that's the core of the father son stuff and having him played by the father is cool mm-hmm. um and he's i think he's a good like menacing antagonist that's like, you know, he's a human, he's got a brain instead of all mm. these like wacky, uh, the stampede, if you avoid the stampede, then they keep running off and, you know, they're mm. they're running down the road out of the way and the monkeys have all run off and the mosquitoes piss off and shit that mm. he's one that goes like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna do this and I'm going to, okay, I can't get to him. All right, I'm going to fucking capture the kids and like, you know, yeah. use them as bait or I'm going to take the board game because I know that they can't keep playing unless they have the board game. So- yeah, that stuff's cool, and I think um, the having him played by the same actor as um, Alan's dad, but putting him in, in enough you know makeup and making him look different enough that it's not super blatant. No, it's not that obvious as a kid. Uh, like it's as a kid, hard. I had yeah. no idea. I didn't realize it until I was watching it this time. I went, "Hang on!" And I looked at the cast. I was like, "Oh, cool." Mm. I think it's a it's a neat little touch and a, a fun way to I don't know illustrate that that parallel. Yeah. I like the um. I like when he runs out of bullets and he goes into the gun shop. Yeah, the the gun shop scene is very fucking funny, and it's that's really that's the funny. Most, that is like, I mean, for all the the monkeys smashing stuff, I feel like that gun shop scene is the most Gremlins part of the movie. Like, yeah, if, totally. If, if this was a Joe Dante flick, you know, Dick Miller would be playing oh, the yeah. gun store guy. Well, speaking of Dick Miller, gun store guy, it also reminds me of the Terminator gun store scene. Absolutely. Instead yep, of yep, the Terminator 100%. coming in and being like phase plasma rifle with the 40 watt range and he's like, just yeah. what you see, pal. He's like, I need this this shell. And he's like, yeah. they stopped making those in 1902. And he's like, blast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I love the like, there's a waiting list and this and that. And he like just drops all the fucking money in their life. Yeah. <laughs> or I could fill these out. Yeah. Oh, dude, the, the fucking, the line, the funniest line in the movie and definitely one that I didn't get as a kid that my dad laughed really hard at was the, you're not a postal service worker, are you? <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. He's got the classic, like, African safari, you know, yeah, yeah. shit. He's like, the way, the way, the, the way that he turns back and looks at the guy, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that's when the film's humour is at its best, when it's not the, like, the kiddie slapstick, like, cheap stuff. It's that yeah. well-crafted, yeah. really funny joke. But there's mm. a weird thing in that scene I noticed that- it feels like they he puts the money down too quick that they felt, and they were like, "We need to slow that down." And so it's got like yeah, this it weird, looks, it's that weird kind of phasey. Yeah, fucking, yeah. They were like, yeah. "We want this shot to be like just half a second longer because it it, it, looks it, it like, ruins with the flow." Yep, yep. And that's what it's they had that to do: slowing slowing down footage that wasn't meant to be slowed down, and then having to like make that work. Yeah, yeah, and blend frames and stuff. Yeah, so yep, yep. A little strange, but yeah. Um, once the Hunter gets fucking home alone with a bunch of paint cans. I was going to say the home alone thing is it's it feels like it's there because uh, in the wake of Home Alone that was a winning formula for for kids movies. Yeah, paint and can I mean, to the face. We're probably giving uh, Home Alone a little too much credit, like uh, you know Dennis the Menace and Little Rascals and stuff. Yeah, sure, there was a, that a big formula in- for that before Home Alone as well. But mm. no, Home Alone definitely had that big impact on stuff, but. It's not the fact that it's paint cans. Like, in this world, I'm like, he comes from Jumanji. It's a cursed board game. I don't Mm. think, like, oh, that would kill a man. That's fine. Mm. Just him showing back up covered in different colours of paint 
Again, yeah. it's something that makes me feel really like unnerved and uncomfortable. And I'm just like, I don't like the mess, dude. <laughs> you had like a cool menacing <laughs> costume and now he's fucking rainbow colored. Yeah, right. It's just right. too goofy, but also just too unappealing at the same time. Okay. I have a gripe with that scene uh, as well, but it's not to do with the paint. It's the fact that when he fires that gun, the bullet starts to disappear. And that's a cool effect. That's a great effect. But the gun starts to disappear as well. The bullet and the guns weren't when, from the board game. Exactly. Yes. True. True which that. It kind of it, it pokes a big a big hole in in things. Yes. True. They they should have um, added more body horror to it. Alan gets shot in the face, dead on the ground, <laughs> and then it goes back to 1969. But he's like a dead child instead, with a bullet hole in his face, <laughs> and then she still goes running down the street. <laughs> And still has to go through <laughs> thousands of hours of therapy. But now Even she has so. the memory of 2,000 hours of therapy. And now she has to get a further 2,000 hours of therapy. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's that going to do for your psychic business? <laughs> but, yes, no, very good uh, little plot hole there. But it's like, yeah, no, that, that gun doesn't belong in the board game. Yeah. If anything, like, yeah, the gun gets taken away before him. He should get taken away and the gun, like, falls to the ground. Plop. Yeah, exactly. Or like, ah, oh shit, I don't know. Because, again, that, that effect of him firing the thing and the bullet stopping you know, inches from their face and then it starts disintegrating and stuff is, is really cool. It is cool. But, but then you, you poke a big hole in your, in your, in your film's internal logic. Like, mm, that's right. I think there's a bit of- Which has been fairly consistent up to that point. Fairly consistent. You know, I nothing, think there's a lot of- jumps out. I think there's a lot of stuff in that last, uh, like, you know, climax where there's just a lot of stuff thrown in there where I'm like, oh, this could be a little bit neater. Yeah, I think yeah. the the monsoon is really cool, and the alligators is awesome. But yeah. the auntie but and the cop the, going yeah, down the, the street, it's just yeah, screaming it's and like, stuff. Is like, and, and you're like, wait, how much water was in that house? Yeah, yeah, it's that's weird. But the the actual set of the house being covered in vines, and then them flooding it, and then them like you know letting the water out, and then him getting stuck in the the the, the ceiling, and then it mm. cracking back open mm. again is like that's really cool visually and stuff, but there's just yeah. some stuff where it's like, oh, this is a bit much and it's a bit goofy. Uh, the, like, getting the axe from the woodshed and then him literally, like, looking uh, at like the camera. Looking at, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, the the gag of him picking up the axe to try and bash open the woodshed to get the axe, that's funny, but the the looking at the camera is, I don't know, fourth wall breaking humour. We've talked about this before. The, the breaking the fourth wall, uh, it's hit and miss for me, like, my, for my tastes. Sometimes... It can be done in a way that I really fucking like. Like Black Dynamite does it wonderfully. I think that it needs to be like that. I think there needs to be context, yeah, or a, for a, a it or reason for it, or it just needs to be really fucking funny. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm sure there are examples that we could think of where it's like, okay, that's that's blatant fourth wall breaking. For but no, I'll give it a pass you know, with no context or purpose. But yeah, I, I clap, I lol. Hmm. And then him, the the fact that the hunter shows up again right as he's about to roll the last dice. That's also fine. Like, that's cool that he shows back up finally after yeah. they're like, oh, we did everything to have, like, a small, quick character moment. What's in your hand? Drop it. End of the line, Sonny Jim. Game's up. Start running. No. Aren't you afraid? Terrified. But my father told me you should always face what you're afraid of. <laughs> Good lad. You're finally acting like a man. Yeah, and that climax of, of him having the dice in his hand and the hunter being like, drop it, and he drops one and it lands on one, and you're like, oh, fuck, that's not great. And then the other dice yeah. is rolling, rolling, rolling for ages. That, that slow-mo down the stairs and everything like that, yeah, that's really yeah. wonderful. Like, the shot is beautiful. The Like, the close-up of the dice rolling or the close-up of the board game when the pieces are moving and stuff is just, yeah. like, really, really, like, appealing. Like, there's yeah. just something about that where I'm just like, oh, beautiful. And the whole, you know, any last words, you know, Jumanji. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's really neat. Fucking yeah. great way to end your, end your flick. Yeah, you could probably have just as neat of an ending without the bullet coming right at his face for the last second. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's like the sort of thing that, it, like, it, it's um, perhaps would have been less intense, but if he's like, you know, Jumanji's like, what? Jumanji? And then the hunter looks down and his hand's disappearing or whatever. Like, I think that would have been just as effective. It didn't yeah. didn't need that one final 
Like he goes uh, to shoot it, but then attempt. the gun's already like gone or yeah, something, yeah, or yeah, like his exactly, fingers yeah. are warped and he can't fire the gun or he something. Can't pull the trigger, yeah, yeah, something, something like that, something that doesn't break your 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 movie's logic. Yeah, and then you get a nice prologue where like you know time is reversed. That's kind of fun, where it's like. It's it's magic time travel, so it's okay. Yeah. Like you don't need to poke yeah, holes yeah. in it because you go. Oh, and another. They've got the memories, but they're back in 1969, yeah, yeah. and he I'll, makes good I'll with his that. father, and that's really sweet. Exactly. Yeah, that stuff's really great, and the that's another cool. Um, it's not quite a match cut, but the the transition there where they have, yeah. you know, you, you're seeing the the dude getting sucked in the board game in present day, and then when it pans back out, it's. You know, yes, it's, it's, yeah, it's nice. Again. It's really it's nice really that nice. like really, him really swinging on the vine and like smashing through that window and like landing and rolling lands him in that room again yeah, where they were yeah, first in that playing exact it. Spot. It's yes. it, that's really nice and neat as well. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And then that that final scene with them at the Christmas party and stuff is really sweet and kind of funny when they're like, "Oh, we're thinking of going on a skiing trip to Canada." Like, yeah, no! that's funny. Whenever Robin Williams like scream yells like that, that's good. I like that, and that's a motivated scream yell that I go, "Yes." I like yeah. it when he does that, but don't give me that like without it, you know, feeling warranted. Mm. Yeah, totally. Um, instead of him just going, it's flubber. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. calm down, man. Like, whatever. Yeah. It was funny. I couldn't remember if um, like watching this movie, I hadn't watched the the trailer before, but I remember the like, it's a stampede like yeah. line. That's that's appropriate. When he was going to say Jumanji at the end, I was like, does he yell this? I can't remember. Is, is there a big, like, Jumanji? <laughs> you know? That's no, it's pretty, pretty, pretty subdued. Any last words? Jumanji. Oh. Jumanji. Quite a, a tasteful delivery of the word Jumanji. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it's a, like I said, I think it's a mixed bag. It is definitely something where it's like, this doesn't appeal to me on a sensory level so much, but Mm, there's some just things about it that just like, uh, like make me twitch and, and stuff, not in the right way, but, um, totally competent film, a lot like very charming. Like you say, it does a lot of stuff, right? Really tight script. Mm. I, yeah, absolutely understand why. You know, people love it and it had an impact, even if it did get mixed reviews. Yeah, I, I think it had an impact just on like a, just based on the the distinctive premise alone. Like yeah, for sure. The movie on a technical level, it, it's not breaking new ground. It's almost kind of, if we look at the, the live action kids films we've done as like a sliding scale from like Flubber to Mighty Ducks to to this, I'd say this sits at the to the, the top end of like, this is the, Ooh, creme de la creme of, you know, this is is um, broadly appealing, made to be, you know, as marketable as possible kids film that's, you know, really effectively made, shot, cut, written, all that stuff, has all the beats that you would want a kids film to have. This has that extra bit of creative flair, I think, and and is a little gutsier than, than or a lot gutsier than The Mighty Ducks in terms yeah, of actually sure. being... You know, confronting to child, children viewers. Mm, yeah, totally. And it's got a it's got a bit of charm there, even though some of that charm of what Jumanji is is unappealing to me. Mm. There is a distinctness about it, and like a, I think the the soundtrack does a really good job of that as well. That it has the soundtrack comes in, and it's like really nicely comes in in moments when it needs to, and the, like you mm. said, the drum sound and all of the like you know the sound design and and score. It does really like it has lots of memorable moments where you go like, oh yeah, this bit, this bit, this bit. Yeah, where I feel like like something like Mighty Ducks or Flubber doesn't really have that. Like no, we were saying no. you got this Danny Elfman score, but it's just a bunch of like, it's all over the place, like whatever overload, like completely like scatter shot whimsy. It's like, but this has a lot of whimsy shotgun just firing wildly from a bell tower. This has whimsy, but it knows when to like you know bring it in subtly and slowly and and yeah you know, bring the levels up and it's got a, like one of the instruments I think is very similar to like the Braveheart score. So like there was oh, yeah. a lot of things that I was hearing in that that I was like, oh, that sounds similar. Not because of the actual, you know, melody. It's more hmm. of the instrument that it's played with is like, you know, some sort of pipe, uh, like, you know, thing to it. Yeah, I don't know what could have been done to make this like an all-time classic. Like what would I elevate this to, I think it's hard to for me Gremlin because status? I feel like I have an answer, but it's like a shit answer where it's that kind of thing where you're just like, just make the action better. Like 
the set right. pieces, I think that there's a lot of creativity there, but I think that with like, you know, somebody else, some mm. extra secret, you know, missing recipe element, you could make those set pieces even better. Like I think breaking that stuff down is really hard. When we talked about Jurassic Park, the T-Rex scene, mm. the first time you see the T-Rex, that that scene is like beat for beat perfection of tension and action and suspense and excitement. Mm. None of the moments of Jumanji reach that level, but it's no. something where it's like it has the potential to with yeah, the scope yeah. of the crazy things that are happening. Yeah. But that's very hard to be like, oh, if, a, if Spielberg made this, like he made Hook or something, would it have had something extra mm. to make those mm. moments just something more appealing or the action moment, set piece moments be a little bit as tight as what some of the, the good writing character moments are, uh, are that tight. Yeah, I think it's. I think you you hit on something there because my my feeling is um, was more to do with the the character stuff. Like I'd say more of a focus on that and establishing the the themes a little more consistently, so we don't get that like, wait, why is he mad at Pete? Like, true, yeah, absolutely. really, like decide, like, okay, is this like, are we going for? does this movie have like a whole lot of heart or is it just a spectacle? Like mm, here it kind yeah. of rides a awkwardly rides a middle ground, never really committing to either in any way that isn't just fine. Yeah. I think you that's know? a good, it's a little bit more of a concrete answer. Cause mine is like, Hey, make it more, you know, imaginative and, and interesting. Okay. How do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of that, but there's someone <laughs> that could think of that. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Find that I think, person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it does need a little bit of that 90s Spielberg magic. Mm. Um, you know, if not from him, like that that similar, I don't know, that 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 essence. But yeah, I think overall it still holds more kind of charm to it than anything of the sequels that came after. I, I haven't seen any of the sequels. I've seen, oh, I, th- I didn't see the second Jumanji one, the second re- mm. kind of reboot remake thing. Yeah, what was that called again? The first one was Back called like Wonk- Welcome to the jo- Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle was the second one, yeah. Well, technically Zathura is the second. That's true, yeah. Because it's canon. like set in the same universe or So whatever. as much as I find so much like visually and sensory about this film, like unappealing and skin crawling for me. Mm-hmm. I still think it's better than like a Zathura or those two Jumanji films that come afterwards. I can't properly speak for the second like Jack Black, The Rock Jumanji film. Uh, the next level, that's what the I'm next level because I didn't watch that. But there's something about yeah. like the video game and them going in and I don't know. Even though the 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 idea of Jumanji's forest fucking terrified me and is horrific and scary and dark. Um, mm. I watched. Very little of the cartoon show, but I believe I remember that was like... Oh, yeah. The cartoon show was like Alan Grant living in the jungle. And I be- I remember it being really dark and scary. And it, as in my child's mind, it lived up to the what the idea of uh, what they were trying to like sell with Robin Williams talking about it. You think monkeys, mosquitoes, and lions are bad? That's just the beginning. I've seen things you've only seen in your nightmares. Things you can't even imagine. Things you can't even see. There are things that hunt you in the night. Then something screams. Then you hear them eating. And you hope to God that you're not desert. Afraid? You don't even know what afraid is. That from the TV show, the cartoon show, I remember feeling that vibe. And then in this um, Welcome to the Jungle, it's it's all like bright and pretty, and and there's like not like a lot of inherent danger about mm. everything. I'm like, this is just a really bland looking jungle where the idea of what Jumanji, all of those like little things that we saw come through mm. the board game, you go, fuck, they just live in that jungle. Like that's what all of that jungle is everywhere, all of the time. Mm. That sounds really hard and, and scary and spooky. And then they do, it's not just a remake. They do canonically, they find like the treehouse that there's another player that got sucked in. They, it's almost like beat for beat, that same actor. Like there's a video game in the 80s that he gets sucked into and never finishes. And then kids in like the 2000s or 2010s find that video game, also get sucked in. There yeah, was, uh, there was, I was a reading player. 
And that player has been surviving this whole time in the jungle and he has been surviving in Alan Grant's treehouse. And you see, huh. like, his initials carved into it. And I'm like, that's even less believable. There are not Alan, the horror. Alan, f- Alan Grant? Alan oh, Parrish. Alan Parrish. Fuck, Alan Grant. <laughs> What's that from? That, you're thinking of Jurassic Park. That's, that's Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like, I, as, as much as those are, like, fine movies still, like, uh, yeah, and that I don't, uh, that I'm, like, kind of have a love-hate relationship with this movie, I still like it more than all of the sequels. Yeah, sure. I think I have less of a of a love hate relationship with this movie because it doesn't bug me on like a sensorial level. Yes, yeah, sure. I have a. I really like this movie. I wish I loved this movie mm. as an adult. Like I, I think there's there's far worse shit you can show a kid from the the nineties. By worse, I mean just like, bleh, you know, yeah. boring, stupid. This is fun and exciting enough. Absolutely, to warrant at least one viewing. I, I, I would say oh, this is easily. worth this is worth watching at least once in your lifetime. Yeah, revisiting with any frequency, maybe only if you've got the the nostalgic bent for it. I think this yeah, is sure. probably. I don't think I'll need to rewatch this anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. I think if I if I was to rewatch it, I would. I don't think I would get more out of subsequent viewings. I would just be annoyed more by what this movie could have been. Yeah, yeah, I feel the Speaking same. Speaking of what this movie could have been. Tom Hanks was the first choice to play Alan Parrish, but he turned down due to commitments to Apollo 13. Other stars were considered. That's interesting because I, I get Tom that Hanks with, like, would have been pretty cool. With the big stuff as well, like yeah, you're doing yeah, that yeah. same thing of um, he, that's what he yeah. does in big. He's a, he's a kid, but he looks big. Yeah, I think he would have been, been excellent in the role. There are a lot of other actors who were considered for the role who I don't think would have been as excellent. Oh yes, uh, Dan Aykroyd <laughs> would have been fine, but I just he like him him now weirds me out. Bruce Willis. Wow. Fuck no. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, Michael Keaton, I think, would have been kind of funny. Maybe, uh, like, could have worked with the darker elements. Yeah, I think his, his um, kind of sensibilities would work with that dark, tortured yeah. thing. Uh, Kevin Klein, yeah. Chevy Chase, yeah. Sean Penn, uh, a little too severe, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Costner, eh, yeah. I, I, can't even. I, I honestly can't even bring him to mind. What the fuck does he look like? Give me a second. Oh, Kevin Costner. Nah. <laughs> um, a, a bunch more. Michael Douglas, Rupert Everett, Harrison Ford. Here we get into the fucking funny shit. Oh. Sean Connery. Oh hell yeah, Mum, Dad, I'm home. <laughs> like Sean Connery should have been baffling. the father and the hunter. Like that absolutely, was, Sean Connery is the hunter. Fresh meal like a man. That would have been great. <laughs> Fucking Brian Cranston was considered. I think Brian Cranston, he, he, he's he got a little bit of, I mean, I said the Malcolm in the Middle face on, yeah. the, on the front cover, Malcolm in the Middle dad. Definitely. Yeah, that could have worked. This is the best one. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, was yes. Was apparently, apparently considered for the role of Alan Parrish. Who would have played young Arnie? Oh, Jesus. I know, right? I, I I like to think they would have used their the the cutting edge uh, CG, which <laughs> at the time they used some some um, some CG stuff to make the the hairs on the monkeys uh, that hadn't been used before. I like to think they would have used that to make to just put <laughs> young uh, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger put old Arnold Schwarzenegger's head on on a little boy. Oh man, yeah, like I can understand that. that pick because you've Mom, got like Dad, I'm home, kindergarten cop, and last action hero uh, twins. You've got like the comedy family friendly bent. Of movies yeah. that Arnie likes making because he loves comedy, like yeah, he loves yeah. comedy. So he would he could be down for that. But yeah, it's so funny. It's like, how did you get that ripped in the jungle? And you just like <laughs> made like the, like a gym gym equipment out of like you know I shit. Think, I think they like would have made it and- for a very uh, would have made for a very different movie. Oh, like yeah, it would have made different. something more akin to Last Action Hero than than what we've got here. Yeah, it would have been more goofy uh, slapstick one liners from Arnie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think like. Tom Hanks is it would have been perfect in in this. I yeah, think it would have been fit. just as good a movie. With, I think with Brian Tom Cranston Hanks could have been an- excellent, but at this time he's basically just Malcolm in the Middle's dad. Like it's not until Breaking Bad that people give him the respect for his acting chops that he shows. Mm. Mm, that's true. He wasn't really like leading man material at the time, even though mm. now after like looking back, you can see like oh he could have knocked that out of the park because yeah, he's wonderful yeah. in Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, yeah, and 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 really excellent um, as a, like a serious dramatic actor in Breaking Bad. 
Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy it, you can help us out immensely by just sharing the podcast around. That word of mouth is incredibly helpful. And if you'd like to help us monetarily, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash rose tinted review. Speaking of Patreon, I have a different plug this week for it. You were oh talk- my God. Because we were talking about the bullet, the bullet feeling kind of like too much and out of place. Yeah. And it would have been interesting to see them do an ending where they didn't need to go for the bullet. That wasn't necessary. Yeah. That reminds me of the ending of Alien 3. But what's interesting about that is that there's like there's like one moment that's kind of like, oh, that's a bit much, isn't it? Right at the end. Like, wasn't that enough of a finale without that? Yeah. I agree. And the extended edition actually has the alternate version where that one moment doesn't happen. Okay. Uh, if you want to hear about us talk about that moment, you should subscribe to the Patreon because when we hit 25 Patreon members... We're going to hit our goal to do all of the Alien films. Oh, And then okay. we can... So if you want to hear what that moment was in Alien 3, get subscribed to the Patreon. Please give me an excuse to watch that. Because <laughs> whenever we put stuff on the on the Patreon, I, I make a decision to not watch it until we hit that oh, goal. Absolutely. So it'll be fresh yes. and stuff. That's right. I'm denying myself pleasure for you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and, and as such an instant gratification kind of guy, you know, that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. You can find links to all our socials in the description where you can reach out to us and tell us your answer to question of the episode. I'm interested. I want to like, I, I want to bundle it up in two, two questions. Like I'm interested oh, just okay. to hear like what everyone's like favorites, you know. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite dice roll? Dice roll thing. But also mm. does anybody else feel as grossed out? And, and like skin screen crawly about that stuff. Let me know. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I certainly didn't manage to put into words because I understand what you're talking about, the the kind of unsettling feeling. I, I, I don't have the words for it. So if anyone else has a way to describe the the kind of um, unsettling vibe this film has, please. Just hit me up. Please just, do our job for just us. Just for solidarity. Like, yeah. I, just, I just need to, you know, relate to someone about this. <laughs> now, next week, Michael, how are you following this? Which Robin Williams film are you going to pick <laughs> to follow this up? No, 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 no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give all, all Robin Williams a rest for a bit. I'm thinking, all right, I'm thinking we've done a few, like, quite young children's films. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll maybe I'll switch to something that's a little bit more of my teenage years. Oh, okay. Okay. This is, this is going to be an interesting one because this is a film that I love and it is uh, notoriously, uh, like, poorly reviewed and hated. Ooh. And it's all fucking schmaltz and heart and stuff so i'm wondering if you're gonna you know if i'll be preaching to the converted i want to hit up meet joe black meet joe black it is a brad pitt anthony hopkins starring film ah okay okay um no this is not a film i've seen uh i remember seeing the dvd cover when i worked at blockbuster quite frequently uh like putting it back out on the shelves so it was, it was popular. Okay, cool. That's that's a, yeah. that's some nice insight. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, join us next time where we'll find out whether or not Michael's hindsight truly <laughs> is 2020 or if he's just been wearing rose-tinted glasses and I'm smarter. <laughs> Somebody roll a five or an eight. He did. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you. Sorry if I scared you. Sorry if I scared you. Thank you. I'm back! Mom! Dad! I'm home! I'm back! It's me! It's me, are you my little sister? No. I'm Judy and he's Peter. Where's mom? Dad at the factory? Are you Alan Parrish? Yeah. Who are you? We live here now. Where's my mom and dad? We don't know. This house has been empty for years. Everyone thought you were dead. 